I am Eli Halpern, and you're watching Casburgers. Today, we got a very special episode. I'm very excited. Today, my guest is Johnny Mitchell, stand-up comedian and author of Days of the Trap. Hey. You uh, sold a bunch of drugs. Yes, indeed. And then you went to prison. Yeah. One usually follows the other, you know? <laughs> that's a... that's a, You have a an interesting story, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it was a journey. It's, it was um, a journey. It's so... You were selling uh, weed and coke? Yeah, so the whole thing started with weed and ended with weed. Uh, the other drugs were just to support, you know, whenever the weed kind of, uh, whenever the weed business wasn't really hitting, then I would, I would go off into other things. But essentially, the nucleus of what I did was, uh, was marijuana trafficking. And this was in the days of the trap, the days when it was a, a smuggling operation, the days when it was illegal. Now it's prohibition is basically over. I know we're in Texas and it's still, you know, you still get in trouble for it. But, you know, back in my day, and back in my day, see, back in my day, the RIFA was illegal, see? Uh, it, was a, it was a legitimate way for young men to make money was by running pot. And so, yeah, so we started off, you know, nickel and diamond in high school, you know, bagging up dime sacks in my parents' basement. And, uh, you know, uh, by 2010, I'm doing uh, 20, 25 grand a week, just shipping it off to the East Coast. So in profit, yeah. Damn, what's the most money you've ever had in your possession? <clears throat> uh, including like my re-up and everything, uh, 700. 700 grand cash. Mm -hmm. Did you have it all in one place or no. all around town? No, no, it's all it's all scattered all over the place, which is incredibly stressful. As you might imagine, what kind of places you don't get you a lot of you don't get a lot of sleep when you got seven hundred, you know, even if it's in your my mom's garden, you know, there's paranoia. It's like Jesus, is somebody going to dig that up? You know, I don't, I don't want to. Can we talk about the book? I don't. Want, I, I sure, know sure, no, sure no, no. I mean, spoilers or anything. No, but I mean, you know, uh, uh, let's promote it. So your mom, you, I read this book. I read the whole book from, uh, front to back in a, in about a day or two. Oh, it was, thank it was, you, man. It was very, it was very well written. Obviously, it's got to be well written because he's a good comedian. So you know, you got to write well to be a comedian. And I, and I try to make it funny. It you was know, funny. Too. It was emotional. I like almost teared up sometimes. Oh, thanks, man. It, it took Jesus. it took me on a ride. It was it was great. Thanks, I really appreciate that. And what the fuck was I about to say? God damn it! You were waiting for that pack of white claw. I think. That is what I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah, it's shitty production. If the, the intern, if the if we had had interns with half a brain, they would have had it up here already. But you know, they're uh, down there, fucking shoving their thumbs in their ass. So, oh, okay, yeah. So your mother threw away a duffel bag with yeah. fifty thousand exactly. Cash in it. So you see why I, I couldn't get any sleep? <laughs> yeah, I had fifty grand, and I was planning on moving it, like. Like when you're when you have that much cash coming in and out, like I would just need a couple of days just to figure out where I was going to put it. You know what I mean? So I had 50k that I needed to move, and I and I just didn't. I was out of I was out of space, and so I wrapped it up. You know, I took 50. I would I would have bricks of uh, you know uh, bricks of like I think no I had I had a bricks of a thousand. So 50 bricks is like this huge. It looks like a kilo of coke, right? And I, and I wrapped it up in duct tape and I'm like, okay, just, I'm going to put this in my parents' uh, bathroom just until, you know, just give me a week and uh, I'll, I'll find a hiding spot for it. And, Why did you uh, hide in your bathroom? Ooh, it's a good point. Uh, Cause I wasn't living there. 
I was already out of the house. So, so I duct taped it underneath my mom's sink in their, in their bathroom. And, uh, but it fell down. And so while she was cleaning one day, this stupid bitch, mom, I love you. This stupid bitch finds a, just a giant duct tape brick. Now, look, I don't expect you, mom, to know that that's money in there, right? But it's a large, it's got to be something inanimate object. You know, maybe put it aside or, you know, take a knife, open it up, see what the fuck it is. It's pretty rare that just a huge giant ball of duct tape and a perfect rectangle uh, shape is just in your bathroom. So anyway, she just doesn't know what it is as she's cleaning. So she chucks it in the garbage. So there's, there was 50 grand in a landfill uh, uh, a couple days later when I came over to get it. In Portland, Oregon? Yeah. Go out and get it, folks. Yeah, a a garbage man's salary as he was, as that garbage man was driving off with it. Yeah. So, which is crazy, but like, and, and of of course I was furious, but I'm like, well, I'll, I'll get it back next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how much money was coming in. So it was, uh, it was a wild time. So at the peak of your operation, you, you were most, you were solely shipping. Correct. Correct. So that yeah. probably takes a lot of the, like, cause you, you, you know, you look at you, you're like a white guy. You look like a cop kind of. Thanks. I, I, for, per, personally, for well, me, well, no, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I get told I look like a cop a lot, mm. which is, it, it's really hard for me to buy drugs. Right, right, like right, exactly. When I remember when I was in like South America and shit. No, like, you DEA, and I'm like, bro, if I was DEA, I'd probably know how to speak Spanish better. Right, right, definitely. <laughs> they'd, they'd be sending a good undercover. Sure, that'd be a shitty sure. undercover. But um, and, and you're and you're a fan of you know you're a fan of coke. You could have just like showed them. So, like, here, I'll pr- I'll prove it right here. I hate cocaine. Do you you want to get some later? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I want to get some. I don't want to do it, but I just want to get it just to know that I still, I, I still got it. You know. <laughs> I still got an addictive personality. (laughs) You know, I'll try anything until I become addicted to it. Um, yeah. So, fuck, man. You, you, I, I think my one of the there's a lot of great parts of the book. One of my favorite parts is your first time doing stand up. (laughs) Ah, yeah, in jail. That was uh, that's a true story. That's a true story. Um, they used to have these talent nights. At the Two Rivers Correctional Facility. Was this in Maximum Security Prison or? Yeah, this is in, no, this is Maximum Security Prison, and so they had talent nights, and it was like they would get violent really easily. Like it was old school. Like if you stunk, like it was like the Apollo, but just filled with murderers in the crowd. <laughs> and they would start throwing shit. They would throw oranges because that's what that's what everybody has in prison. There that you oranges are ubiquitous. Oranges and hard boiled eggs. They would boo. They would fucking throw oranges. They would throw oranges at like an old man playing a harmonica. You know, they had, <laughs> these guys had no had no patience, had no empathy. So uh, I went up there one day and I and I was roasting uh, just these goofy prison guards. And I was roasting like uh, this. Uh, he was like a he was like a counselor. You when you're in prison, you get assigned like a counselor. Like they're gonna help. The, like they're gonna do something for you. You know what I mean? How would you so, describe counselors? Well, they're they're like uh, they're like social workers. Like so, everybody gets assigned somebody, right? When you go in, even if you're doing life, Do they you get shit? you get a guy. Most of them don't. No, most of them are just there for a paycheck, and they really they they really they act like they're doing like a service. They really most of them are bitter and really hate the people that they're supposed to be representing. So it's it's all it's all under the guise of rehabilitation, but it's it's punishment, you know. But anyway, so I was you know I'm just going off doing impressions fucking cussing the audience out 
and I just fucking murdered. And I had no idea I wanted to do stand-up. I didn't even know what I was doing was a form of stand-up. Uh, it was more just like an act. Like, I, I went up there to mimic, uh, you know, all of these people. And, and, and you were, like, calling out the groups. Yes, and I was exactly. So I was roasting the Aryan Brotherhood. I was roasting the Black Gorilla family. I was roasting the fucking... Uh, the Mexicans, you know what I mean? That's that's so badass. Yeah, that's and, fucking great. And and it got me respect. Like afterwards, these these lifers, these dudes doing fucking 30, 40 years, these gangbangers were coming up to me, like, dude, that was so funny, dude. That was so fucking funny. And I'm like, wow, this is a way to get respect. Like this is powerful. So that was like the first. That was the first like seed in my brain where I was like, oh, maybe I could fucking do, go into show business. Still didn't know. I still didn't think stand-up comedy was an option, but I was like, maybe I can fucking go to Hollywood. And I so, so I started writing screenplays, and and I was like, ah, oh, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna be in the the movies. I'm gonna be in the movies. I uh, feel like you got that pitbull mind, like where when you get an idea, you just fucking yeah, latch onto yeah, it. And you don't fucking yeah, let go. Yeah, yeah, I don't let go until you know I have to <laughs> until there's no, there's nothing left. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's been that's been a benefit and it's also, you know, ruined my life. So everything that I've everything that I've been good at uh everything that I've wanted to do in my life, first it was sports, then it was drugs, then it was show business. I just give everything to it. I'm one track minded, you know. Oh, you so, you were a basketball player, right? Yeah, as a kid. That was another thing. As a kid, yeah. In prison. Yeah, that, yeah. That initially got you some respect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dirk. They called me Dirk after Dirk Nowitzki cuz I was lights out from behind the three-point line. Just yeah, fucking that's... wet, 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 wet. So yeah, so that was that initially got me respect. Yeah, and then uh, and then the comedy shit. So you gotta have something when you go to the joint, man, or else uh, it's gonna be a long bid. It's gonna be a long what, bid. What do you mean by something? What would you recommend to a person going to prison? Well, who are they? You know, like well, I don't know. What you, would you so... recommend me going to prison? What do I do? Oh, fuck. Uh, you're such a you know. Well, I don't know what you want me to. I don't know what adjective you want me to use to describe you. People are the gangs. You're very impressionable. Like you're you're a super cool, earnest guy, but you're also it's it's apparent that you're uh, that you're malleable. So you probably get, try to get recruited. They'll probably try to people will try to sell you drugs. People will try to um, you know get you to do you know foul shit. Uh, I'm not that way. Like people see me, I, I'm not really that approachable. I'm not that likable at all. And so they kind of were like, wait, you think I'm likable? Yeah. Yeah. You are like, like but, but you're able to get along in, you're able to hang out with fucked up weird people. I mean, look at your production <laughs> staff, right? I mean, you guys are, you're a bunch of degenerates. You, you, you're yeah, one, likable to degenerates. You, you got one foot in prison already, you know, with the people <laughs> you're hanging out with me. I'm not like that. Like I, I don't, um, as soon as I got to the joint, they were like, it, this guy's just odd. He's just doesn't belong here at all. You could almost, with your kind of countenance, uh, you wouldn't stand out that much in prison. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so, that as a compliment. I guess do it, do it. So you would, you would be fine. Like you would, but you would have to click up probably depending on where you were, uh, what state you were in, or if you were in the feds or whatever. Uh, if you were in the feds, you wouldn't have to click up with anybody. But in the state prisons, you would definitely. Uh, I'd probably have to pretend like I'm not Jewish, huh? Oh yeah, you're a fucking Jew. That's incredible. Yeah, no, literally they what's so ironic is you're a Jew and the Aryan Brotherhood would recruit you. Like the Nazis, you would have to be in a Nazi gang. Yeah, if I ever, if Jew. I ever go to prison, I'm getting a nose job first. <laughs> Dude, that's a good that's a good bit right there. Yeah, like I, I look I look like I'm in a, a Nazi prison gang 
and I'm, you know, a huge Jew. So, but for, for me, like the, the, they barely bothered like the, uh, you know, in the book, I, I I'm I have beef with the with the Nazis, right? With the with the 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 white power crews or whatever. Uh, in reality, it didn't go that deep. Like they did try to test me, but uh, after a while, they were like, "This dude's not even worth it. Like he's just not. We don't even want him. That's how much he sucks. We don't even <laughs> want him in our fucking gang." So, uh, were you like the same person back then? Uh, I was a little more shy. I was a little, uh, but you know, I don't know. I feel like I, I've always Cause been you're like pretty guy. outgoing and like, yeah, yeah. I, I've always been a, a friendly guy. Like I've always been fascinated with people. So, um, so I was always trying to talk to everybody. Like I never, I never had that much judgment. Like I was always asking too many questions. I was always asking people, you know, what they were in for. You're not supposed to do that. Um, so I really had no business being in prison. And it really is a miracle that I wasn't killed now that I think about it. You know, like I was, I was always, I just never, comedians don't like rules. And when you go to prison, there are rules. There's institutional rules, but then there's the real rules, which are like what, by what the, the inmates set. Yeah. Those are the rules that, you know, you really got to follow or else you're going to fucking have problems. And if, it caused me problems, you know, which if, I won't go into now, but you can read it in the book. Uh, how are you? How are you living, like day to day, when you were making this much money? Like, how was your lifestyle? Yeah, Did it's, it correspond with your income. No, no, I was always about profit. I've always been about spending less and making more, and just keeping that hoarding that money. And you might it, be a Jew too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm a Scot. Scottish are we are the Jews of the whites. Never heard that. Yeah, we're the we're the next to actually we're worse. We're cheap. Jews are not cheap. They just need a discount. And you guys you guys make and then you invest. Scottish people don't spend. We hoard. We're the notoriously we're the cheapest ethnicity. Uh, besides maybe like Indians, you know, Indians are real cheap too. Uh, you know, the gas station owners and shit. But I was I was all about travel. Like I was just about doing whatever I wanted with my day. So if I wanted to pick up and fly to Manhattan for a week and spend a thousand bucks a night, a 23 year old kid walking around Manhattan with 10, 15, 20 grand in cash in my pocket. And I'm, I'm staying at the nicest hotel on fucking 57th street. That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm going to Columbia for a week and blowing my fucking blowing 20 grand on whores, you know, whatever I'm doing. Right. So that's kind of how I like to live. I wasn't that flashy. I mean, it never happened. It's not really been my style. Did so you, did you ever take any of that for granted at the time? I were you like, fuck yes, this is my life. This is awesome. It, I was I'm like, this is awesome. It was a constant buzz. It was the most uh, thrilling, scary, exciting show. I mean, it was, it was power. It was, I was like, this is incredible. I can't believe it. It felt like I hit the lottery because I, I, I struggled for so many years just to make a living selling weed. Like originally the whole goal was to pay my rent. I was just like, I just didn't <laughs> want to have a job. I wanted to. I wanted to have a house and a car and just no job, just enough to fucking, just enough to make a living, right? Just kind of like comedians, like you're struggling for so long. You're like, I just don't want to have a day job. And so that finally happened. And then I blew up. I made connections on the East Coast. And that's when I started to make crazy money. And it felt like I hit the lottery because I, I didn't expect it at all. You know? Yeah, because uh, weed is more expensive in the East Coast. Yeah, especially back then. So I would buy a pound for the way the prices are now. It's just it's so different. I would I would buy. So I'm from Portland. Um, and so we would go down to the Golden Triangle, which is Northern California, Southern Oregon. That's where the, the best, the most abundant outdoor marijuana 
in you mean the, the country. Emerald Triangle, or is that a different place? Uh, I don't know. Emerald They're all tri- triangles. Emerald Triangle is Humboldt, Mendocino. Okay, you know. yes, exactly. I didn't know it was the Emerald. I thought it was the fucking whatever. Whatever triangle. They're always trying to give triangles. It's so fucking annoying, bro. Bermuda and then, Triangle. Right, it's all triangles. The DEA is always trying to give like triangle uh, affiliations, whatever. So the... Well, a square is too many points. Right. It's not as flashy either. They're like, oh, the heroin triangle. Shut the fuck up. Hacks. <laughs> the heroin rectangle. That doesn't right. roll off the top. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, the heroin octagon, dude. So <laughs> I would go... That actually sounds dope. It's pretty tight, dude. The heroin Just octagon. Shoot up and go dude, I'm, put some gloves on. I'm trying to go to the fucking heroin octagon. <laughs> Step into the ring and just Ooh. nod enough. <laughs> Winner by TKO. <laughs> he nodded out. <laughs> no punches were thrown. Yeah, so... So, uh, so I would drive down there, and that's and that's when when we found the grower. The whole idea was to find a supplier where you could get the whole, wholesale prices at. And back in the day, you couldn't just find, you couldn't just knock on somebody's door like you can now. Like you had to be connected. You had to have a huge bankroll because uh, there'd be like a minimum amount you'd have to buy for a grower to even fuck with you, right? So when we finally found a grower, that changed everything because then we then we were getting the best prices. Like we were the connect. You know, there was nobody higher on the ladder than us. So besides the grower, obviously. So we would go pick up uh, pounds, you know, 10, start out with 10, got up to about 20. I didn't like transporting more than 20 at a time. Um, so I'd buy 20 pounds at, can say. You, can you fit 20 pounds in a trunk? Yeah, for sure. Just two, two duffel bags, 10, 10 a shot. And then we're, take a pound that fluffy and uh, try to get on camera here. And then put it in the the vacuum seal. It goes shrinks to like a football size almost. It's amazing. So um, so we we buy twenty at a time. Uh, save twenty two hundred bucks. We would spend. You know, I would spend per per unit, and each unit would resale in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut for thirty four, thirty five hundred per unit. Jesus, bro. So that's uh, that's thirteen hundred bucks per pound times twenty a week. You know, and obviously I have overhead. I pay people to drive down and pick it up. You know, I pay people to stash it, but it's still, I'm still profiting a grand a pound. How much money did it's you incredible. have in your bank account? Hardly any. Kept no money, almost no money in the bank. A couple grand here and there, you know. So you're, But you're I had money in safe deposit boxes and shit, which is stupid. Don't do that. They'll find it. They'll find your shit. That was going to be my next question. If you could go back in time and yeah. talk to yourself yeah. when you had 700 stashed, what would you tell yourself to do differently? Oh, my God. Uh, get out of the game. Stop now. You don't need a million bucks. <laughs> you don't need a million dollars. What are you fucking doing, you dumbass? You don't need a million bucks. You need a couple hundred thousand. A hundred thousand, even. You could quit, and, like, if you invested that right, especially if you're a single guy with no kids, you know, you could that could change your life. Yeah. So I would start laundering it through cash businesses, uh, which I was already, I was planning on doing, you know what I mean? Like I had a plan to get out of the game. Like I knew, I knew that it was going to end. I just got arrested first. You were, yeah, you were going to buy the hotel. In, yes. In uh, Columbia. I was going to buy the piece of, uh, it was in Cartagena. 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 It was actually a little town called Taganga, which is back in the day in 2010, when we first went down there, 2009, it was like about to blow up as a tourist destination. Like, cause Columbia, the, the secret was out, like the hottest chicks in the world, uh, it's not that dangerous anymore. Uh, you can get coke for like 
what it costs uh, a Red Bull price. We were doing, you know what I mean, dude? We were wild. I, I met like uh, four Canadian dudes. Yeah, and animals. We those were Canadians. we were going through. Uh, I think like ten grams a night. Go back to minute four when Eli said he didn't like Coke. Was not a fan of Coke. I hate cocaine, and I'm gonna do it more probably. Right. So it's kind of like how you a fat chick hates uh, pizza. She's like, oh, get it away from me. She hates ice cream. She's like, oh. <laughs> Take this fucking kilo or I'm going to do it all. Stop me. Oh, I'd be bad. Oh, I'm doing. Oh, God. It's my cheat day. Yeah, I'll do cocaine and then hate myself for it. I don't like cocaine. I just like the way it so how much were feels you doing? when I pick my nose the next morning. Yeah. So how So how you were buying Did it? Did you think for, I was going to say something hacky? That wasn't not hacky. Well, because like the, you know, oh, just like the way it smells. I, I was trying to do a little misdirection there. No, I liked it. Um, well, so in the comments. <laughs> so, yeah, more, more on this, more on these hot joke writing tips. Wait, did you know that um, the the Colombian ass is like a world phenomenon? Like yeah. You go to Colombia, everyone's yeah. got a nice ass. Yeah. Well, I thought most it was of genetic. It's, no, all it's all fake. It's, it's all fake. fake. It's all fake. It's all fake. Titties fake. Doctors. Uh, yeah. Ass is fake. Because the, the, I was disappointed. But a lot of them are real, dude. This bitch, I mean, naturally, they have tons of beauty, too. But, yeah, no, a lot of fake asses, which, dude, whatever, uh, I'm fine by with. By the way, Cartagena is the only place I've ever traveled, uh, one of two of the only places I've ever traveled where I've where I've been in an unsafe situation. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, I me was, too. Cartagena's sketchy as fuck. I was going up to everyone uh, <laughs> asking, asking for, for blow. Yeah. I would go up to the, some, someone told me. <laughs> and I, you got in a sticky situation. No, yeah, 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 you yeah. don't fucking say. Listen, I never claim to be a rational, intelligent person. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? Uh, well, first of all, I was going up. I was in uh, Bogota. Yep. I didn't find anything there. Also, they have like uh, police dogs on every corner. In Bogota, yeah. yeah. Well, those are actually bomb-sniffing dogs. That's what I was thinking that's, about. That's they, where they Pablo, be for dur too. during the Coke Wars of the Pablo's era, he was setting off bombs in Bogota. Really? Bogota, Bogota was the most dangerous city, yeah, because they were trying to get the, force the government to roll back the extradition laws, uh, which they actually succeeded in doing. So that's why. So they, so people are still, like, to this day, paranoid as fuck. So it is for drugs, but it's really for fucking bombs. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, but yeah, but Cartagena, dude, it's all these little black kids that come out, and they know, like, three words of English, and it's all like, I didn't hey, man, I got whatever, people. I got whatever. In Cartagena? Yeah. Half of them are black. When's the last where time all you've the been blacks there? live. But they didn't all move. <laughs> Oh, 10 years ago, yeah. Dude, I was, I was there a year ago. Cartagena I barely got, saw any. Cartagena got gentrified in 10 years. No, it's like where the poorest people in Colombia live or on the coast, dude. I mean, it's like rich, touristy, and then it's like poor black. That's the way the Caribbean is. <laughs> when I got there, I went Obviously. to a restaurant. I asked for chips and salsa, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm racist. <laughs> you, you speak the same language. This is not Mexican You're like, at all. God, I haven't seen any Mexicans. This is crazy. <laughs> I have a friend who just refers to South America as fancy Mexico. <laughs> he just calls but, Spanish Mexican. <laughs> He's like, man, this Mexican is really different. This dialogue of Mexicans weird down here in Colombia. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was I was asking everyone for blow. Yeah, um, I got a gram for. You're think, asking the cops. I think two dollars, and it was shit. And I I didn't care. It was two dollars, dude. I, I got a connection. So I have. Go ahead. But um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, some people told me that the people selling phone chargers were the guys to go to. Oh, interesting. This is when I was in Medellin. Oh, yeah. Medellin, it's also the guys that are pushing the carts, selling, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. candies and shit. Yeah, they all yeah. have weed and blow. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, uh, ¿Tienes un cargador para mi nariz? 
Which wow. means, do you have a charger for my, my nose? nose? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they and they all just laughed and they're like, "No, sorry." They're like, "No, but I have Coke." Everyone. <laughs> no, they they didn't have. It'd be either. funny. The guy they, spoke perfect English. He's like, "I got." It took me. I got, it took you me want some fucking, blow? Like I was telling you, dude. Everyone thinks I'm a cop when I'm traveling. Right. Drugs, right. So, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was hard for me. I'm to get still around. not sure you're not a cop. <laughs> Listen, buddy. So you're I. Under arrest. So you sh- next time you go there, you got to talk to me because I. Am connected in Medellin still? Like this is how crazy. This is how deep I was. So I have, I can get a kilo. I I know the lieutenants of one of the cartels in Medellin. So I could get a kilo for two thousand for the cut for something with a little bit of cut. It's eighteen hundred American for a kilo. <laughs> That's a dollar eighty a, a a gram. For the pure, it's anywhere from 22 to like 25, but that's on the high end. So you can get, I can get a, a kilo of Coke for 2,200 bucks in, uh, in Medellin. So the hell am I doing podcasts? Let's so yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's book our flights. Let me see what time <laughs> we can get out of here. How would you, wait, did you smuggle or have in the country? Smuggled I did from Colombia. No, 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 no. I, in the country though, I transported it when I was down there. So I would buy, Did you know how to do that? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd mail it. So I, I'd, what I'd do is probably from, from Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd you have it successfully ship. mailed Colombia, Colombia. No, 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 no. I know how to, to do it States? though. I, no, I didn't. No, no. But in the, in the country, I transported I like it. That wouldn't I, I transported it from, uh, Medellin to Bogota. So I had bricks of weed and I had, uh, uh, kilo or excuse me, uh, ounces of cocaine. Cause I was selling it to like tourists and shit. <laughs> so dude I, like I was blind I was blindfolded uh this is my first experience buying wholesale drugs in Medellin I uh and this actually went in the first version of the book the first draft it didn't make the final cut but uh this is a true story so I met a connect um who's gonna I met a guy who's gonna hook me up with the connect uh I was at a cafe waiting for the guy to arrive waited like five hours I'm hammered at this point just sitting drinking and a fucking, it's my first day ever being in Colombia. And uh, I get picked up in the back of a yellow cab, like like a pedestrian cab, but the light's off. You know what I mean? So it's a special taxi. This is how they move drugs around the city. They use taxi cabs. So, and they got a taxi driver working for them. I get in the back. I'm met by two guys, two big fucking, you know, f- toad looking men. Cone fed motherfuckers. Yeah. And they fucking, they blindfold me. I'm like, oh boy, this is this is happening. This is like some Johnny Depp blow type shit. This is some George Jung shit. They take me to this neighborhood in Medellin, this nondescript. I think it's called uh, Envigado is the name of the neighborhood, and that's where Pablo's from. Uh, and but it's in oh, like, like up on the hills. Yeah, it's in, but it's in a bad part of the that barrio. It's, um, and uh, yeah, and so I they take the blindfold off. I get out. It's a street. It's you know, it's kind of like a shanty neighborhood. They have kids with walkie-talkies on the fucking roofs riding bikes around. It's completely controlled by the narcos, right? Um, you know, anytime there's a raid, they're going to know it coming, you know, hours before it happens. And this is in 2010. This is like after, you know, the so-called cartels were fucking uh, taken out. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, yeah. So they probably got iPhones now. Exactly. They're all the do the technology. They keep up with all that they're shit. Live streaming. Um, they're they're fucking TikToking, uh, <laughs> cutting some guy's head off. Dude, there's crazy shit on. There's people in prison on TikTok. Yes, so dude, weird. dude. Everybody in prison has an iPhone. It's crazy. It's so weird. It's so corrupt. 
you can't fit that inside your asshole. That's a prison guard bringing you in the oh, latest iPhone. You put heroin in your asshole. Yeah, I put a balloon of heroin in my asshole. How was that? Don't don't spoil the chapter. But yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You know what? Call me a fanook, but it it, it didn't feel too bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, don't come. Really? I was walking. Really? I was walking with it in my ass. I'm like, don't come. No don't come, fucking don't come, way. Don't come. Yeah, I shoved it way up there, and it got stuck. <laughs> it got stuck. So I had to fucking use a, I had to use a bic pen like tweezers to try to fucking dig it out of my asshole. It was like a tampon that gets stuck up a bitch's twat. So I'm like fucking scraping it and scraping it. And I finally feel it. I'm like, oh, thank God, dude. I just. Were you hard? No, I wasn't hard. I mean, I was terrified that but I was going to get caught. But you felt like you it. were going to come because it was like hitting my prostate. I've never experienced. You that. never put your f- own finger up your ass, no, dude. Why are you talking to me like I'm the crazy one? Where you and I defer, dude. That's where you okay. and I. That's where that's where the road splits, baby, between you and <laughs> Listen, I. Listen, I put my finger up my ass, but that's to shove in a hemorrhoid suppository. Well, that's you don't do it when you have hemorrhoids. When you're a young, healthy man with a healthy rectum. I mean, you never, like, played with your ass as you jerked off? No, dude. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, but anyways, but, but yeah, so going back to Medellin, that, um, that, so they walked me into this safe house. They let me into the safe house. I mean, I'm like, this is crazy that guys is, is loading. Like, that's where there's the stash yeah, is Yeah, it's where the stash house was, where the guys run in the neighborhood, where they keep the shit at. I After mean, the this, guys, let me know how you earn that trust and build those connections. I Dude, it's, I'm a trustworthy cat, man. It's, 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 I've always been that way. Like, people just like, for some reason, they're like, he's too skinny to be a cop. He looks like a stork. I don't know what it is, but I've always, I've just you been have, able to fucking. You have a friendly look. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I'm like, you're like, you look like too much of a pussy to be a cop. I'm like, you know, you might be right about that. But anyways, there's guys loading guns in the fucking, there, this guy who got shot recently, he was like a brother of one of the, the lieutenant who's running the neighborhood. He was in a wheelchair. They're like, yeah, he took a bullet in his back last week. Ooh. There's like a chick, in, there's like one, there, I think their mom is like making fucking platanos in the fucking kitchen. And I go upstairs. I love those. And they fucking, they're like, okay, how many do you want? And they just put five kilos, five bricks of weed into a fucking, into, into like a black garbage bag. And I walk out of the door with it. Take me back to my hostel. You're crazy, How bro. much was five kilos of weed? Uh, I think it was 60 bucks a key. $60 <laughs> for 500 like, grams, $60. Was it like the shitty Mexican weed? No, no, it was the good stuff. They have good stuff called uh, Cripa. Like they do have shitty weed, but they also have, the Colombians are ahead of the game. They have stuff called... Uh, yeah, like hydro. Yeah, have you, have you heard of uh, Bolivia Negra? Uh, black. So, okay. Black so, Negro. Um, Negro. Negro Bolivian? <laughs> I mean, yes, that's what that means. I've never seen a Negro Bolivian, have you? They're, they're all pretty short and brown. I've never me. been to Bolivia. Oh. Ever seen Butch Cassidy, the Sundance no. Kid? Butch, when I say let's go to Bolivia, let's go to someplace like Bolivia. Classic Robert Redford. Sorry. I'm sure someone got that. Sorry to just bring down the energy with my fucking film dork. Reference. Anyways, go ahead. What was I talking about? I don't know. Charlie, what was I talking about? Bolivia Negra. Oh, yeah. So, um, the DEA, I, I read about this when I was in Peru and Colombia. The DEA had, like, teamed up with the Peruvian or Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Peru, Bolivia, and Colombia. Have, like, a joint. Coca is legal. Right. Correct. Not cocaine. Right. Coca. The, the, the plant. plant yes. That it's extracted from. Which means cocaine is plant-based. And it's natural. Uh, you just got to put up some other shit in it to yeah. extract it. Just a, some gasoline. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. 
Just remember you're doing acid. Just remember you're doing gas when you put that up your nose. Yeah, that shit's gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we probably shouldn't do it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that shit's rat poison. Yeah, why don't we? Mm. I can just grab that's, a beer. Some good petrol. <laughs> so, what were you saying about that? Uh, so, do you know what Roundup is? No. Roundup is a pesticide that Monsanto created, and they genetically engineered. Like when you say, like you know, no GMOs, fuck that. Right. GMO is. What they're doing is making plants that are resistant to Roundup pesticides. Mm. So if you I spray thought about gay man's oral Roundup, no, I think I, well, first, first of all, you hear him screaming. You're fucking. You hear these idiots screaming downstairs. They're listening to us. Uh, go ahead. So it's Roundup. No. All right. So if you spray Roundup on a regular plant, right, die along with the pest, right. So they genetically modify the plants. To not die from that, so okay. it just kills the insects. Right. So they took a similar approach to coca because the DEA teamed up with the Bolivian government right. to try to crop dust all these coca plants right. and kill them. Right. So Bolivia Negra is like a new strain of a coca. Holy plant shit! That's, that's resistant. resistant. That's yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. And did that just did somebody like invent that or yeah. or is is oh wow that's fucking brilliant, dude. Those uh those guys will never not figure out a way that the worst thing that can happen to those cartels is that coke becomes legal, which they're already talking about. It's going to take a few decades, but that will happen. We'll probably live to see the end of the drug game. How fucking crazy is that? The end of the drug trade. It almost makes me sad. Yeah, it makes me happy, man, because I'm I'm sick of people going to jail for I know it, well, the the victims are the people that go to jail for crazy time for a small amount of quantity, you know? Like, but there are winners. You know, like it's, I got to, I, I basically as, as one micro entrepreneur made a million dollars. I wasn't in part of a cartel. I didn't have to kill anybody. You know, those drug laws were my golden ticket. I was going to say it's, I think you're a lot of, would you agree that a lot of your success, if not most of it is due to the fact you were shipping it because you didn't have face-to-face exchanges so you, you weren't facing as much danger and potential like robbery right well i think but somebody on that end probably ratted me out so it didn't in the end it didn't it didn't really insulate me from anything it seems like it because it's like well hey, it didn't put you in dangerous off. positions correct it didn't um but at that level you're not facing dangerous positions because you're only dealing with businessmen you know when, when you reach a certain point in the game Unless you're unless you're dealing with some gangsters who finally decide that it's time to take you out and take your stash, you're you're dealing with businessmen. When you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars every transaction, you are generally dealing with other like-minded, serious, upstanding individuals. So you're not dealing with street people. You're not dealing with uh, you know uh, situations where it's going to turn into robbery. You know, I had a couple of packages that I shipped out and never got the money back from. So whatever, so I cut them off. But but the the real rocks and the, those kind of relationships when you're when you're you you form a bond with somebody when you pass them fifty grand a week and you and they needed me because I was their connect. So the guys I was shipping my weed to on the other end, they were getting rich too, not as rich as me, but they were they were making money. So they didn't want to blow that connection with me. So it wasn't a robbery thing. The the issue is when you're sending that many packages, eventually, you know, somebody's going to make a mistake. What you said about uh, sending out packages and not getting money back for it. Have you seen A Bronx Tale? Of course. One of the, one of the best movies. I think that's one of the greatest movies of all yeah. time. I think yeah. you should watch it. Um, Absolutely. 
there was a there was a scene in that movie where uh, now you can't leave. <laughs> and they just beat the shit out of the bikers, just brutally to, to when, he, when he when he turns the that's, sign. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> locks the door. No, you can't leave. He's uh the what's his name? The guy with the long Sonny. last name, Sonny Colojolo. Yeah. It was C. It was Colojolo and Sonny. What's, no, what's his real name? The actor. Oh uh, yeah, uh, come on. The the Sonny, the main character, yeah. the Guinea. Um, come on, Charlie. Ch- Chaz Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri. Yeah, there we go. There we go. He opened for a comedian recently. He was on Chris Stefano's pilot. He's friends with Chris Stefano. They're boys. Oh, uh, that's who he opened for. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I didn't. Are you are you a fan of him? Who, Chris? Yeah. 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 I love the history hyenas. Their podcast was great. They just split oh, up. His stand up. Um, yeah, I like his stand-up. I'm a huge fan of Giannis Papas, his his podcasting partner. Huge, sure huge inspiration uh, to my stand-up. Giannis Papas, look him up. He's one of the great kind of... Uh, check him out. Uh, underground comedians, yeah. But, what, uh, but he's what, what blowing up me, now. Go ahead. Sorry. What, what that reminded me of the, the people not paying you back for the packs. Yeah. And, it's, and, and you're like, okay, that's your loss. Yeah, it's a couple thousand bucks to not be in my life anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I got off easy. The, the, the scene, yeah. uh, it, for you who haven't seen a Bronx Tale... There's a there's a scene where this kid uh, this kid like starts hanging out with the gangster mob, and there's this one scene where uh, the, the kingpin is this guy named Sonny, and he's like teaching this kid like this is how you gotta do life, son. Yeah, and he runs the neighborhood, and uh, he sees this this kid uh, one day. He's all pissed off. He's like, "Hey, hey, you get over here, get over here!" And and the, and Sonny sees him. And he's like, "Hey, go here. What are, what are you doing?" And he's like, "That guy owes me twenty bucks." Right. And he's like, is, "Do you like he, this guy? Is he, is he, do you like him? He's your friend." And he's like, no. no, I hate him. And he's like, well, good. you just, for 20 bucks, you never have to see that piece of shit again. You got off easy. I was like, yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. That's, I mean, that's like a good, a good yeah. way to think about totally, it. Totally, totally. Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, the guys that are really do the best in this business are do good business. They're not gangsters. They're businessmen. I mean, of course, there's they have gangsters working for them. If, they, if things go bad and they need to go, you know, things go the other way. They have hitters, but, you know, it's mostly like the way the drug trafficking is a team sport. Nobody can do it alone. Like so many hands and people. And I mean, that's why they're they're built like companies to get a kilo of coke from the jungle of Colombia to a Wall Street bankers nose in New York City takes like a dizzying array of cooperation connections. Of course, luck. Right. But I mean, it's it takes thirty people, it takes a village to raise a kilo, you know, as they say. Probably a cemetery too. Every time I get some really good blow, I'm like, I wonder how many people died for this kilo that right. this came from. Not a lot. It's the shit that doesn't get through is when people die. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's... It's it's when the kingpin gets knocked off. That's when the chaos happens. When everybody's eating, when there's stability, that's when violence goes down. You know. You ever seen someone get murdered? Uh, I seen people get stabbed in prison, but no, never, never on the streets seen anybody get killed. Been robbed at gunpoint a few let's, times, let's, you know. I feel like we got to talk about prison rape. Yeah, give absolutely. Us the, give us the, the deal on that. So tell me about prison rape. Well, um, Is it, it says here that you were kicked out of prison for being uh, too good at rape. Oh, dude, that's I was so good at rape. <laughs> nice one. Sorry, Hell I told yeah. you I wasn't going to say it, but you told me to. No, no, no. It was I think that's it was a hilarious good. joke. Yeah, no, no. They were like, Mitchell, you know what? We were going to we were gonna max your sentence out, but 
people have been complaining that you're just too good at shower rape. Is that true? I'm like, look, I don't know what to tell you. I don't like to who's, brag. Whose joke was I don't that? Like to brag. Whose joke was that? Where they're like, if I ever go to prison, I'm gonna go up to the biggest, baddest motherfucker in there, just walk right up to him and suck his dick. I can't remember. Sounds like one of my early hacky jokes that I would have made. It's a good joke though. Um, prison rape, yeah, boom, it happens. But well, most most sex in prison is consensual. That's the big. That's the whole thing they don't tell you. I, I read most it. dudes that are banging each other are, are you know lifers. Yeah, usually lifers or just you know gay, but um, undercover, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, prison rape happens, but it's always a power move. It's kind of like rape in the real world, you know. It's usually not for pleasure; it's for power, and so. Rape is used to control somebody in prison, but the majority of the butt stuff that's going on is uh, consensual, baby. Consent is why, sexy. <laughs> why would dude you make me look small? I don't like this. Yeah, sorry. I hate to fuck. You got a long torso. I hate to out alpha you, bro. But that's just what's gonna happen. I'm gonna kick you your get, ass. I'm not even in frame. That's how fucking tall I am. Yeah, we got these. You got these fucking pythons. Yeah, you got pipes, bro. I got fucking. I got noodle arms. Ugh. I like them though. Just fucking zoom in on my bicep vein. Sometimes you would see like um, don't actually. <laughs> sometimes I would feel like I'd be on on the basketball court and I'd be like backing a dude down, you know, and like <laughs> you know, like like you know, and and I'd feel his hands would go like you know get a little too low on on the waist, like he would wrap his hands around my hips, and I'm like, you know what, he's doing twenty. Let him <laughs> let him have that. You know? You're a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. You're a great guy, man. No, oh, thanks, man. I smell chicken. I'm Alfredo. a great guy. I'm a great they're, guy. They're cooking down there. Um, yeah. So, what, so that's, what, that's, that's why that's did that. the the rapes that you how many rapes did you know about it during your time? You you were there for three years, right? Two years. Two years. Two years. And uh, I got you sentenced got to three. I got sentenced to three. I did two. Got um, I suppose. I mean, I saw guys get stabbed. I walked on two huge black guys fucking each other. I mean, I lost all my money. But yeah, you're right. It was a walk in the park. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm just so lucky. So, uh, uh, like you could still be in there. There's a lot of people that did a lot less than you that are still in prison. No, I agree. Look, I mean, but money, money fucking buys the world, right? I had a good lawyer. Yeah, but you have time. You have time. You're a free man and you have time. You can always make more money. You can never make more time. No, but I'm saying I, you know, had a good lawyer. I had a fucking $50,000 lawyer. Is he Jewish? No, he's a big fat Polak. Oh, yeah. With four fingers on his hand. His name's Gorski. We called him the fat man. I called my mom. As soon as I got knocked, I called from the county jail. I was like, Mom, it's happened. Call the fat man. And this is when you realize your parents love you is because you, you, you're like, they're going to be so mad at me. And they're just, my life's over. I call, she, the first person you call is your mom. And I called her. I was like, Mama. And she was, I was like, it's happened. This is a reality. You need to call the fat man. Get my bail money ready. And she was just like, okay, sweetie. Like, she, you know, so you don't realize how much your parents love you until you actually get locked up or hate you. Or they'll say, fuck, good. It's for your own good. You need to get your life together, George. I don't want to find out. <laughs> um, so, so how yeah. many rapes did you know about that occurred in that two-year time frame? I don't, I don't know. Scores, scores of rapes, to quote Abraham Lincoln. Four score and seven rapes ago. Doesn't that mean 40? What's a score, Charlie? I think it's 13. I think it's 20 years. I'll, I'll check. Oh, it's not 20. Oh. No. I think it's... Well, four score 
and no. seven years ago, so it's got to be more no, than so, seven. So in 1865, he said four score. So, yeah, it's 20. So it is 20. So 20. 80 years, four score, and seven years ago. So 87 years ago, so our you, forefathers. So 10 rapes a year. Yeah. Um, what was the, the cause? What was the reason? Is it we're still talking about prison rape? Yeah. This is like the hackiest. Okay. Uh, well, I have no dude, idea, bro. Everyone jokes about like, oh, don't it's drop It's not that soap. big of a deal, dude. Like, I think people want to know the truth. No, this, the truth is it's, it's, oh, it's a completely hyped. It happens. It happens often, but it's not rampant. What's rampant is the fucking fights and the shanking and the rioting. That's way, I was way more worried about that than ever was, you know, getting my donut pumped. It's like only the biggest victims, it's the pedophiles and the real, it's it's like the law of the jungle, right? Like the, the crocodile takes down the weakest gazelle trying to cross the river. Only the very weakest of the weak get taken like that, you know? Like it's very, that Edward Norton uh, American History X shower scene is very rare. It's very rare, dude. So it's the, it's, it's, um, you know, and then pedophiles, right? But they get killed more than they get fucked. You it's know, probably a good thing. They probably like getting fucked. I mean, not the way they fuck them. I can't imagine, dude. <laughs> oh, Jesus I mean, unless you're into choking. <laughs> unless you're into, unless you're into a knife to your no, throat, that's a, literally. That's a women's prison. Yeah, yeah. No, those women's dude, gals are so nice. You know, they don't sell. This is how brutal the prison system is. You know, they stopped selling candy. They stopped selling Starburst in the women's prison because. That the bitches would turn them into dildos and bang each other with them. Yeah, so you take you take a bunch of Starburst and you mash them up together, right? And you mold it into a, a fucking you know a giant pink multicolored uh, fuck stick. Isn't that wild? It's like let the girls do that. Give them their sex toys. I thought women prefer just diddling their clit. No, that gets old. You need all all kinds of shit, man. I don't know. A I, nice I feel candy. like I know more girls that are into clit stuff than penetration. Oh, no. I know way more Maybe chicks that are into... Dick. I'm just... I know tons of chicks that are into Starburst dildos, dude. <laughs> just two siding. It's it's like a... You That's know, how much I love candy. You've seen, you've seen a, a Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. The, the the dildo scene at the end? It's like ass to ass. It's just a candy. They're just staring, sharing a Starburst dildo. Do you remember... Have you watched all of Eastbound and Down? Uh, some of it's not There's this one it. scene where Kenny Powers is like having like an emotional moment. He's like, I feel like I'm in Requiem for a Dream and I got front seat tickets for the double dildo ass to ass scene. So good, dude. So good. And that's why I love that show because they do. It's so niche, right? Like most people don't get that reference, but it's if you don't get that reference, you ain't shit. Yeah, fuck you. You're a fucking dork if you haven't seen that fucking movie. You kind of have an eastbound and down. That is your energy is, is Kenny Powers, dude. You have the mullet. You do look like an ex-pitcher, you know? I got told I look like a baseball you, you player got a, last You night. got a drug problem. It's the whole, it I makes got a sense. Drug solution. The, it's on its way. It'll be here in 15. <laughs> you know, I bought Andy Dick a gram of blow for my podcast. I had him on my podcast. And mid, mid, he was being so antsy that he, mid- podcast we had to cut so i could run out and get into a, a mexican's honda accord to buy him a gram of blow andy dick who was a celebrity 10 20 years ago is now in my studio apartment podcasting with me doing cocaine i mean how far you, on brand. how far you can fall in this business is just knows no bounds he uh did he try to fuck you uh he didn't try to fuck me too hard he got it pretty quick that i was you know i'm straight as a fucking 
Arrow. Um, Why'd you wink at me? I am. <laughs> it's like George and Seinfeld. Like he's got the shit in his eyes. Like, yeah. Um, no, Andy Dick. Uh, well, of course he tried to fuck me, but like he didn't. You know, he didn't. Uh, he didn't get too handsy. I beat him up. Dude, when when I lived in Hollywood, there was this really good drug delivery service. Right. Where I would text this number. I mm-hmm. saved it on my phone as the party line. Right. And I'd just be like, hey, I need a gram of blow. Here's the address. Right. And they just text me back my phone number, 1G, uh, $80. Right. And then I'd get a text from another number. Right. And it would be like ETA 15 minutes. Right. Dude, that's how there's that's how these coke operations are set up in it's the big city. So cool. It shows up, dude. It's like New York. It's like it's uh New York, my my Coke Connect or my buddy's Coke Connect. It's these Mexicans, and there's like four of them, and they all drive Mini Coopers, and they're all stationed in different parts of the city, and they're just taking calls day and night, bro. And that's how the fucking game. I get, I'm getting chills thinking about it, bro, because like distribution is so fascinating. Like, how does a product that you can't advertise, how do you push that? And it's just like, it's just so fascinating how a, sh- a shipment will make it here, past the border, you know, in Yuma, Arizona, or. El Paso, Texas, right? A, a shipment of 200 kilos and how that just gets just fanned out across the country is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Really, really bad. Our country's addicted to drugs. What, isn't it's one something, thing, that's one thing that unites the right and the left is just rampant addiction. Isn't the drug trade like the second biggest like GDP globally? Uh, no, but illicit, the illicit drug trade. Yeah. Uh, of the illicit things, that's, it's, that's it's meant, drug dealing. Dr- it goes, it goes drug dealing. And then, uh, I think weapons smuggling. And then I think humans. So I think it's drugs, weapons, humans, or maybe it might, humans might be more than weapons now. You, there's so much money in human smuggling now. Cause they're making the borders harder to, they're like, locking down the are borders. Are we talking sex trafficking or like smuggling No, humans, coyotes. human smuggling. Like, like, because. Like getting Mexicans in. Yes, because the price keeps going up because they make it harder to get across the border, which I the cartels love. Like six grand ahead. Yes. Yes, van, dude. It, dude, exactly. And it's actually better than drugs because it's like, it's the people, if they get caught, they got, they send them back and then they just save up more money and then they come back. Like it's, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you go to jail for a pretty long time. No, no, no. Of course, if you're smuggling humans, yes, but Being a coyote but, is a pretty big crime. No, it's like I, getting it's like getting borders, caught. With, I'm like getting so. it's like getting caught with drugs. But I'm saying it's easier to get caught with drugs as a than it is as a person mule. Like it's easier to get away if you're just smuggling humans. How, why do you think that? Because a kilo is smaller than a person. Yeah, but but it's but you you the the quantity that you're transporting is greater and you're going through checkpoints where you when you're you're smuggling humans you're going through the mountains you have more i mean there's still tons of ways you can get caught that way i don't why know don't i might you, be wrong why i might don't be you wrong. go through the mountains with kilos because wait wait you can you put 10 keys on your backpack like it's not you could just put it in uh there's so many trucks going through every day from nafta and shit that it's there's no reason to you can you can hide it in the hole of a fucking giant garbage truck Right. And you can, and you can, there's ways to insulate yourself too. You can, you can set up a fake company, right? Sometimes the people smuggling drugs over the border don't even know they're carrying drugs. So, so a guy will be say a truck driver, right? And he's working for a a company he thinks is legit, but they're part of a smuggling operation, right? He's just working, but he doesn't know that he's just the guy driving the trucks. So he's, he's like, Oh, okay. I got a receipt here, a purchase order. I got to get this shipment of bananas to, 
you know, San Antonio. I live in Ciudad Juarez. So, okay, I'm going across the border. Boom, they stop you. They're like, whoa, there's fucking, there's a, there's a ton of blow hidden in these bananas. And, but the guy doesn't know, the guy doesn't know. So that, there's that level of insulation. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I'm getting very distracted by the noise downstairs. Oh, well, don't be. I'm just giving you, I'm being fascinating and interesting and articulate. Just, just go with it. Is it Gary hitting the punching bag? When I say professionalism, this is what I mean. This is what yeah. I tried to talk to Gary about yesterday, and he, you know. Text Gary Faust, stop hitting the fucking punching bag. We're recording. I love this wood you have back here. It's really cool. Yeah, the green screen was such a good move. He's not supposed to break the fourth wall. You're supposed to believe that that's real panel. They know. They know. Uh, let's. All right. That's enough drug talk. That was very fascinating. Good. Very intriguing. Thanks, brother. I have a lot more to. I'd like to discuss with you after the fact. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's get but into. Yeah. Comedy. Go buy the book. Go buy the book. It's on. Buy uh, the book. JohnnyMitchellComedy.com or on Amazon. You just go straight there. Uh, it's called Days of the Trap. Freedom is just a million dollars away. It's. Uh, I got it on paperback or Kindle. If you like reading off Kindle, and uh, it's a quick read, two hundred pages. Uh, you'll love it. I guarantee. You loved it, right? I absolutely loved it. Awesome. And I didn't even... It It really made me want to be friends with you. Wow. Because the way... How'd you hear about it? Just from me from promoting you. it? Okay. Well, because I knew about you. Like, we're we're not really that good of friends, but we've, like, hung out a couple times. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be good friends. For sure, for sure. And I, I just remember one time, I'd always... You were, like, one of the guys. Like, I'd see at the store, like, mm. talking to the, the big shots. Mm. And you'd always be there, like, chilling in your leather jacket. Right. Like, oh, that guy's cool. And I, I'd seen your comedy. You're hilarious. And then Thanks, one, one time you saw my set, and you were cracking up the whole time. Yeah, And then yeah. ever since then, you'd be like, oh, hey, what's up? That's and right. And I'd be like, oh, I feel validated. That's right. That has to be... That's baseline. If I don't like your act, I'm not going to talk to you. You know? In general. Unless, uh, unless you know, you're hot, and I... You might maybe want to give me some pussy, but, um, yeah, no, I liked, uh, I like what you got going on, man. I think you got a lot of potential. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we were talking earlier about how I feel the need to self deprecate on stage yeah. to open my act. Yeah. And I don't like doing that. Yeah. So if you don't like doing it, boom, bing, 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 there's your first clue. Stop doing it. Cause some of my best jokes are the ones that work the best. I hate. Right. Like, oh, yeah. uh, like, this joke always kills. I started a new fake gym. It's called Counterfeit. Yeah. That's I so want to fucking... I wish this coffee was hot. I'd throw it in That's your face. That's so stupid. Yeah. And my favorite joke right now is... Um, it's about this this cop who got arrested for having sex with his canine unit. Uh-huh. And, and the, dude, Gary is hitting the punching bag while we're recording and is pissing me off. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck. I'm, I'm turning into him, dude. I've been hanging out with him too much. I'm going to ruin this, and then I'm going to be like, you ruined my fucking podcast, even though I ruined it by talking about it. Uh, that Go watch Gary's podcast from yesterday. It's hilarious with him. He's, he was so mad. Yeah, I'm really having a great he's time. Uh, Gary usually doesn't hold grudges, and he's still yeah. mad at me. As I told Gary, though, it's like if I was Tony Hinchcliffe, you guys wouldn't be acting this way. You know what I mean? So I, I, I felt uh, that it was... <laughs> maybe dude i don't know i don't think so he nah, saw tony the other night he almost shit his pants like a fucking schoolgirl seeing uh you know ryan gosling well he thinks very highly of you too. i appreciate so th it that's why he's mad at me because i missed out on our podcast oh uh, all so right he, that reflects badly on him in his eyes and um because i i hyped you up a lot to him and um 
Yeah. Well, if you have headliners come through, I won't harp on it too much. But if you if you want to make this, you know, something that regular headliners that come from out of town are going to want to do. Have you seen that? I'm doing Giggle Boys. Yeah. With Mike Eaton. Yeah. So that's 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 the headliner thing. That's the Uh, more professional one. This is just. Do you do that here? Uh, we do it at Vulcan, okay. which is where gotcha. the comedians perform. At. Okay, that's cool. That's a, that's a good look then. Let's yeah. keep keep harvesting that. We had know? Jeremiah Watkins on. Yeah, he was our first headliner, and um, I I don't think he was a fan of me because I went a little too dark. Right. He's he gets very uncomfortable. He's a real he's a real uh, church boy at heart. Still, they put on tranny porn while he was on the Legion of Skanks, and he had to walk out of the room. You know, so it's uh, yeah. I could have told you that. I could have yeah, told you, but, you know. so, so but my anyways. Fa- my favorite joke, uh, this this cop got arrested for uh, 24 counts of animal abuse. They found 20, or 23 counts of, 20 counts of animal abuse. Mm-hmm. They found 24 videos of him fucking this canine unit. Mm-hmm. I guess four of them weren't hardcore enough. All right. Um, the, uh, if you ask me, I think that was consensual. This is a trained, Fuck this the dog police. is a trained killer. Right. Uh, you know, you're not going to, be able to fuck that thing without him being into it and uh this is not a rape joke this is a bestiality joke it was a misdemeanor at best and uh even if it w- so i think it was consensual but even if it wasn't consensual the dog was still a cop and fuck the police mm, yeah see i called it you didn't that, hear that i, yeah, I, I heard i it. wrote that you for you ruined my punchline yeah so, no, but, so but th- yeah. that's my favorite joke right now and it, it doesn't really go over well yeah because it's you know it's just too contrived and forced you know like you're you're contriving too much instead of just being yourself, and when you go up there and and tell the audience, hey, I know I'm this and this and this, it's just like it's amateur. Don't do that. Let them come to their own conclusions. What you need to do is bring everybody together, as I, as I told you off mic, right? Um, you do need to get a quick pop, and there's no science to that. It's jazz. It's whatever. It's whatever you can do at the time you to like get jazz? to get uh you know to get them on your side, right? Um, and then, you know, and then it's just time. Like you have the, you have the writing chops. It's, but it's like, nobody cares about that. They want to know who you are and they want to know your point of view. And, uh, it's just about figuring out what kind of comedian you want to be. Right. So it's all those things. It's just time, man. I'm still figuring it out myself. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a never ending process. Yeah. It's kind of like, I, dude, I hate sounding like Joe Rogan. But uh, I, I honestly, I really crazy. hate being compared it's so to Joe. So crazy. Rogan. But he talks about literally everything. But um, what so I started crazy. That's all he says. That's his favorite adjective. Yeah, it's weird. So weird. But um, like uh, I, I feel like jujitsu is the same kind of way where it's like mm-hmm. you get all these little bits, all these little moves. Right. You can't. Uh, it kind of. Uh, and, and you just gotta like piece them together in a right in a linear fashion, right? But it's also not linear because it's circular. Because you can start at any point and go from here to here. Right. There's no like beginning and end. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is in the moment, mm-hmm. but like in the, the big picture, like you can start in the middle of something and you know do a bit, from right? There. Right. And then you can even have a bit before that that leads into that, and then not even right. do those jokes. Right. Like, it's just patched up like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. So it's my, life, right? It's like it's it's all it's it's never ending. Everything's one. It's, in, it's infinite. It's infinite. It's, snake it's like the act, tail. man. The act is never ending, and well, it's never static. If your act is static, you're gonna start bombing. Who, who are your favorite comedians? Uh, give me like two top favorite comedians that inspire you that you like want to be like Louis, 
Uh, well, Louis was an inspiration. I don't necessarily want to be like him. I don't want to be like anybody, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the guy, Louis was the guy that, that when I realized, like I grew up on black comedians, I thought you had to be black to do stand up. I swear to God. I grew up on Cat Williams, Chris Rock, uh, Eddie Murphy, right? These rock stars. I didn't know about these like other, I didn't know about David Tell, you know, until I was already doing comedy basically. But Louis was an inspiration. The One of the reasons I got into comedy was Louis CK. Do you know now, Corey Holcomb? Love Corey. One of the best, like, just fucking hilarious. He's a beast. Dude. Corey Holcomb's set on... Um, the Shack, Shaq. The five-minute... All-star yeah. comedy jam. Yeah. You guys, that is one it's of flawless. my favorite it's, sets It's one of, of the best times. five minutes of all time. Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's talking about abortion Shaq? clinic jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shaq in the Shaq's, front Shaq's like, like dying, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's masterful, but... Uh, but Louie was like the first guy I was like, oh, I can actually do this maybe. You know what I mean? Like he's just an ordinary guy. So, um, but but right now Giannis Papas um, is is a guy that I really admire for his politics, the way he's able to take smart humor and make it funny. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe in many ways, like I, I admire his fearlessness and the way he kind of owns himself. That's so, so I'm kind of, I'm inspired by from, little different pieces of a, a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Anthony Jeselnik for his fucking writing precision. Um, you know, who else do I love? Uh, Andrew Santino. Uh, again, he's a guy that, um, you know, he's this real alpha guy. And that's kind of, uh, you know, I, I think he's hilarious. Is he gay? Santino? No. I thought I saw him holding hands well, with he- a guy <laughs> in front of my... <laughs> You would have a story like that. Uh, he might be, dude. Who knows? You know, I mean, he's married with a kid, but he doesn't. In LA, that means dick. Or maybe he's just walking with a buddy. I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, I was in, it was in West he, Hollywood. He's so. fucking dudes, but he's not gay. He's not. He's not successful enough to be fucking dudes yet. Right. He's not Eddie Murphy. Get to pick up a tranny on Santa, Santa yeah, Monica yeah, Boulevard. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. It's like slow down, guy. My my two biggest inspirations are Doug Stanhope. Okay. Love and it. Anthony Jeselnik. I love Doug Stanhope because he has a message. Yes. He has like solutions to like social issues. Yes. And problems and stuff. Like I, I just I think Doug Stanhope is like the goat. Oh wow. That's it, it, that's very uh that's very Austin of you. That's very like alt. I like that. It's very like that uh, makes sense. Ooh, I like being called Austin. Yes. If you said that's very L.A. of you, I'd be like, very oh, stone cold Steve Austin. Austin of you. <laughs> yeah. No, I love I love Stanhope, of course. And uh, and Anthony Jeselnik, uh-huh. because of just like the setup punchline. See, the thing about uh, Stanhope is it, he's so authentic, and he brings you into who he is right. too. Right. Jeselnik, he he has no authenticity in his act. He, right. It, it's like you don't know who he is. Right. He has just nailed the setup punch right. setup punch but, set but he is being himself though like if you hear him off stage in in interviews like he's still his you know robot like he's still being himself even though his jokes are not true yeah. like they're all obviously it's all hyperbole and i'm just saying he doesn't like let you into who he is right well, like he's actually story. they say he's actually gay he's the one who's <laughs> gay for real you know what i mean so everyone's fucking gay dude um but uh, have you noticed everyone in austin is kind of gay Everybody in Austin. Everyone in Austin is bisexual. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna kiss. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Um, Charlie, put a towel over that camera. <laughs> Charlie, toss me a towel. I'm about to come. <laughs> you got hair um, on your ass. Uh, yeah, right. He's happy to see me. So, uh, oh, Colin Quinn too. Colin Quinn. Uh, 
Yeah, dude. Collins Quinn and Patrice and that whole Opie Ooh, and Anthony. Patrice. Jim Norton, that whole Opie and Anthony generation. Uh, it's did, like, did I want to be Jim, like them, dude. Did you see Jim Norton's set on The Degenerates? The Degenerates? Fucking money, dude. That was so good. I think that was his best set ever. So good. Of all time. Uh, Could have been, yeah. Could have been. He, uh, his He's joke fucking was... fucking hilarious. His, his joke about um, how... People like shit on comedians for saying fucked up things. Like, right. No, no one's joking about fucking kids. And then someone watches comedy and they're like, I'm oh my God, go I want to fuck kids. But you know what is? When you're doing a documentary on Ted Bundy right. saying they're like, he's, so he's a genius and he's and, handsome. Yeah. They were talking about what, what Probably a, someone's, I know a ton of people that are like, I want to be a serial killer. Like, I've been watching all these murder. I, I was like, that's, yeah. Yeah, and, and when he's talking about Brilliant. like, they're talking about how, what a great lawyer Ted Bundy was. It's like he defended himself he got the death penalty. That's literally the worst thing you can do. He failed. He could not have failed more at his job. So good. So good. I love Norton, dude. So that, all those motherfuckers. I'm really an East Coast comedian at heart. Like, I, I've, I, I never I've, loved. I've gotten that feedback a lot. Oh, really? That yeah. I as well. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of fancies himself that. But, um, yeah, West People Coast. Say- West Coast comedians never like I like the comedy store guys. I realize how talented those motherfuckers are, but you know my favorite guys were all fucking seller comedy seller guys. Uh, I also love like Big J Okerson and uh, that whole clique. Uh, Big J is one of my favorites too. So, but really, if we're talking about West Coast guys, it's there's only a few of them like uh, that I really kind of admire for their material. Yeah, I've I've been told that uh, L.A. comedians. Are, it's more about having like a shtick and a personality and New York is more writing based a little bit yeah a little bit but still though David really Tell means. but it all bleeds over like David Tell of course his jokes are like legendary and the best but he's also it's his personality it's his whole like it's music when you hear his flow uh, like, uh, uh, exactly it's music it's his that's a personality so um, yeah it's just it's it's more it's less writing and more character driven on the west coast you know because it's more acting. It's more, uh, you know, it's more uh, of a personality-based town, right? It's more of an entertainment town. Whereas in New York, the, 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 the city, the, the clubs are tiny and the act has to be efficient and fast. It's a fast city, you know? So you got to get to it. Um, What's your stance on performing drunk? I'm against it. I'm against it. I think it should be illegal. <laughs> I think it should be a yeah, felony. Yeah, uh, first first year and a half of comedy, I was hammered every single time. Yeah, you told me that. And uh, hammered, not it, just like had been drinking a little bit. You yeah, were drunk. Yeah, I was drunk. Yeah, I was like, "There's no way I can do this sober." And I was like, I was looking at my notes every single mic. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm not getting anywhere." I've been doing this for a year and a half. And then uh, one night, I was driving by Dunkies and uh, this spot on Melrose, and they were having a mic, and it was like I, I was driving by at the perfect time where I could get on. I'm like, "Okay, I am terrified, but like, I got to do this." Yeah. So I went in and I was like very nervous and shaky, right? And because I'm an alcohol, I was an alcoholic, and uh, I like that adjustment. Is I, I, I still am, am. am? I just drink less, a lot less, except for this week. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and people were kind of looking at me like, oh, this fucking like you know this tall, good looking guy. Like, this guy's gonna suck. He thinks he can do anything. And then I went up there because the thing is, I was I used to be really fucking weird looking. And right. That's why I started writing comedy. Uh, I started I started writing jokes because I wanted to like make friends and like talk to girls. Right. And I didn't know how to just wing it. So right. I would literally write material to perform to like friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's like cool. Just in like social interactions. That's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's... So yeah, I, and then I went in and I crushed it, and like four people shook my hand after, and I was yeah. like, oh, I, I can do this sober. Yeah, that's and then, cool. And then I was like, from that point on, for the next three months. Every single mic sober. I got booked on a bunch of shows. Yeah. I haven't used my notes on my phone right. since. That's good. And it's just been. So you don't drink now before, before I, you go I do up. not drink before I go. Great. That's why I'm not drinking. I got a gig tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah and, Blow and yeah, on like, the other hand. Like you were saying. Um, so we have kind of a similar look in like, you know, we're both like tall, in shape, decent looking white guys. Yeah. And you don't do self-deprecating material at all. Not really. I mean, unless it's true, like my dick doesn't work, so my Viagra jokes are true. It's not. But, but you don't open it. Like I hate opening with the. I no, like the, the, no, the, 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 that's what the, I mean. So that's why you got to stop I, doing I need that. To venture off that. I mean, yeah, find something else. Like, yeah, it comes off saying, as phony too. You, so. you were saying to like um, interact with the crowd. And you did Inter that. You yeah. did a beautiful job of that yeah. the other night. Addre address the room. It doesn't necessarily have to be a crowd interaction. If it calls for it, if the moment calls for it, definitely. But the main lesson to be gleaned from that is own the moment. Be in the moment. Address, you know, address the moment. Get yeah. a laugh. Boom. You got them on your side. Because then the audience feels safe, right? Yeah, and they feel included. They, they want to feel included, but they want to feel... People are nervous that the comedy... The comedy the comedian is going to suck. Mm -hmm. And so when you go in there and you, you show them immediately that you're their leader, you know, then they're going to say, oh, they're going to laugh from relief. And from and then you then it's like, let's go for a ride. You're the fucking bus driver. We're in good hands. Yeah, you were you opened with just by like pointing out like yeah. maybe five or six people. Yeah. And, you know, ripping on them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I had to address what had gone on with the host, David, and with the these stuck up bitches in the front row. You know, and I had to say, wow, that was like being a guest at Thanksgiving where and the wife just gets hit and then you have to turn to the sun and be like, you know, so how was the first semester in school? Yeah, yeah, that was great. You know, yeah. So that's and then boom and then I, I address a few people and then I'm off. Then you so, get to go into material. Do you like scan the crowd and start writing jokes about them before you get on? Yeah, yeah, half and half, you know. Yeah. Um, and I also I look for uh, I always watch the comedian before me, so I see what's going on, you know. Especially if it's a showcase show, like yeah. there's a lot of people going up. Yeah, I I usually I'll look at people who might heckle me, and then I'll I'll come up with a bunch of roast jokes about them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the more experience we get, the less writing, pre-writing we're going to do. It's just going to be off the head, you know? Yeah, there's a... Uh, a lot of people are like, so do you go up there with material or you just... Like, people don't know about comedy. Mm -hmm. like, you, do you go up with there with, like, a material or do you just wing it? Yeah. I'm like, you can't really wing it. Yeah. But after Good you get enough it. material, you can wing it for, like, a little bit until yeah. it connects to your material. Right, exactly, exactly. So it's just kind of That's like, why I felt so good at that show a couple nights ago, because... Uh, I was just kind of going with it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm out of riffing stuff. Let's go to material. And I forgot some material. So I'm like, all right, let's go riff. You know, it's a dance. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a boxing match, right? And uh, it's, it's, it's as much technique as there is, like, uh, power. Yeah, you have inspired me to do more of that. Thanks, man. So I'm going to do that. Um, You've inspired me to, uh, you know, get a green screen. <laughs> it's also, it's, you know, bleeding through the, uh, you know, the, 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 the graphics right, right there. Right yeah. It's not bad, though. I mean, Charlie, how much does this cost? Um, I think like 100 bucks. Yeah, it's so much cheaper than having a wood panel yeah. with this printed. 
Cast burgers. I like that. Yeah, it's a mix of podcast and Asperger. Right. So everybody you have on has Asperger's. No, just me. Nice. Do you really? Uh, I like to say I do because it helps me get away with stuff. Yeah. Like when I'm talking, I, dude, honestly, I don't know. I might. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, did you see her my shocked look? I'm like, do you have it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, the, the, I came up with the name because, uh, well, actually, my buddy, Chris Gonzalez, dude, uh, he's, a, he's a master wordsmith. Ah. Our, our text. Do you ever watch Letterkenny? Yeah, I have. I love Letterkenny. That's hilarious. The, the, it's a Canadian the, show. Yeah. yeah. You guys should watch Letterkenny. Uh, the back and forth there, that's like our text threads. Nice. Just, just like wordplay nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I uh, when I decided to start the podcast, I was living in Arizona, and I wasn't able to really do much comedy. So I was like, well, I should start a podcast. When the fuck then. were you living in Arizona? You lived everywhere, dude. Are you on the, you on the run? Um, Just kidding. Yeah. Running from my problems. Sure. Oh, uh, running from uh, how many how many women say that it's cardio is it cardio running from your problems have you heard that a lot it's like a joke yeah I don't know I try to tune when those gals get on stage I try to I try to take myself to a happy place I've been trying to make a list it's like, it's like a rape I'm trying to wait you know wait for it to end you know <laughs> just close your just, eyes just, just don't dissociate. resist just don't resist I uh... actually that chick the, uh, the fat girl that was on the show was funny I didn't see her. If you smell that, sorry. Oh, I, I just farted too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think, <laughs> I think so we just, synced up. I think they just combined and I'm like addicted to it now. <laughs> we made like a tornado. Because <laughs> yeah, that smelled really good, dude. That was like I had some drinks last was, night, farted. I was, I was enjoying this smell yeah. of my own brand and your, your shit got, got into mine. And now I don't know what to think. Uh, it was like the Big Bang. It brought together all this all this energy to like form a fucking flatulent homosexual. Now, yeah, God, you were a flatulent, you were a flatulent homo, flatulent flamer. Yeah, you pretty much got to be fat as, as a as a as a chick to be Flagulant. funny. You you, you got to be overweight, don't you agree? Yeah, because when I see a hot girl doing comedy, I'll laugh, thinking that they might see me laugh right like, i'm gonna fuck him because he laughed and then i'll be like you're stupid why would you think that yeah and then my dick will be like shut up dude They'll just go, go with it right chicks don't like dude you fucking suck <laughs> did you see the guy in the news that was like there's two things uh i trust in america the first amendment and boobs <laughs> did you see that <laughs> pull it up CNN. charlie pull it up <laughs> yeah yeah let's play that clip. charlie's sleeping back there dude should have had that pulled up. Jamie would have had it pulled up for Joe. That was hilarious. But I was he was like, the two things that never done me wrong. And I'm like, dude, those are the two things that have fucked me over the most. Saying what I want and yeah, trying to get laid. Tits. Both of those things have completely fucked me over. Dude, why does Austin have the best titties in this fucking fair country? You think so? Oh, my God. Amazing. The I think the here. girls here are a lot less attractive, but they make up for it in miles. No, compared to who? Personality, compared to L.A.? No, I don't know, man. I, I I find their personalities just as dumb as everybody but here, but the tits are fucking milky, they're real, and they are saggy. Yeah, there's not like as that. much plastic surgery out here. Yeah, no, it's good. They're built. I mean, they're drink milk. They're fucking, they're, <laughs> they're, you know, they're thick, and they're all 20. They're eating barbecue. Yeah, yeah. So what? They'll fucking be washed up by 30. So this is the clip, okay. but okay. y'all y'all won't be able to hear it because it's coming through my headphones. Ah. Well, but I can play it for the. That's for pointless the for us. Yeah, so but that's great. It's a great bit. We'll just pretend to laugh. Yeah. Two things completely: the First Amendment and boobs. And so once they made the decision <laughs> that they were Wait, not going to. Did you just say? 
Well, there's a technological feature you guys are going to have to figure out. But, um, yeah, man, that just sums up America pretty fucking stupid, you know? So, because this country's built off making money, not on being intelligent. Like, we don't, we don't put that much emphasis on, you know, intellectualism. It's, yeah. it's we, we applaud making money. And that's just how our country was formed. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Are you invested in GameStop or? No, no. I got out of the market. I had a bunch of money in there at the beginning of the pandemic, but I, I sold it off. I had to pay for, you know, I just want to heroin hands about that. Yeah. Huh? Uh, no, moving I on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so your show tonight, 9 p.m., 930, 9.30 at Shakespeare. Yep. Uh, if you're in Austin, I'm going to be there. He's going to yeah, be man. on Follow stage. Follow me on uh, Instagram at Mr. Johnny Mitchell. Buy my book. If you're in L.A., uh, doing a lot of gigs there next month. It's where I'm based out of. Follow the Johnny Mitchell Show. It's my podcast. We have a good time. It is, if you like wild, unhinged podcasting, I think it's one of the funniest podcast. one of the last funny podcasts left. So, How I many, like uh, how's your ratings on Apple Podcasts. I don't check the ratings, but I just go off the YouTube. Uh, the we get tons of comments. The numbers just keep ticking up. So that's what we're that's what we're focused on, man. One point eight thousand views. Is that the total? No, that's per. That's, that's with, like that's just, just one. That's one with William. With yeah, William. that's with William. Dude, William didn't share my podcast because he didn't like how he did on it, and uh-huh. he's he was like the, he's the, has like the biggest following of anyone that, that you've had, had on. on. Yeah, yeah, like, William, yeah. It's on. tough. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't, but I don't have people on for their numbers. Come on, man. I knew you since you were at open mic and we started out together. Yeah, he's been doing it a long time, though. <clears throat> he just started out with you. He's been doing it since 2007. Really? Yeah. I didn't know he's that. He's a vet. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In L.A.? No, he started off in, like, Colorado. He just uh, moved to L.A. a couple years ago. Same with Malik. I started out with him. Like, Yes, you actually started with Malik. Like, yeah. Malik's very young in the game. Like, we used to go to every mic together and shit. Wow. So you guys were like mic homies. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's blown up. Yeah, forget about it. He can't even get the guy on the phone. He's got a fucking... No, he's still cool. No, he's... Malik's a fucking great guy. Malik's it's a great guy. It's kind of annoying. Guy. Yeah. It's kind of annoying how nice he is. Yeah, no, he's like, so... Dude, fuck, be an asshole. You have so much going for he you. He's so <laughs> charismatic. He's so talented he's so and yeah always happy to see you yeah 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 we're having he and i are yeah we're good friends but you know it's complicated but it gets complicated (laughs) but there's that much power and ego sure i mean i said some things in my podcast about his boss uh brendan schaub and now uh they meaning the people under him malik and Chappelle, they're not happy with me so because I've been kind of stirring the shit, which I don't want to do, but I had my reasons for going after him. I don't just attack people. You know what I mean? I Yeah, he, he called you like a nobody podcast. Right. So uh, I took exception to that. And look, I guess, I guess I'm not a nobody because the shit I say on my podcast gets out. So I guess I'm doing decent numbers, right? Because if I was really that obscure, nobody would listen or give a fuck. So. Yeah, I try to shit talk people on here sometimes to... For what, Hope though? Spread it around. Yeah, I mean, notoriety. I mean, that's not the kind of notoriety you want, though, in my opinion. I mean, unless they deserve it. If you're really in a podcast beef with somebody, I th- I'd say go with it. But, um, well, I was telling be you, be righteous the, about the, it. The Dante know? thing. Right, yeah, yeah. He's such a nobody, though, it's not even worth. He was somebody at one point. 
He used yeah, to, he used to open for before uh, podcasting. Like well, twenty well, years ago. Yeah, before the cell phone was invented, he was uh, relevant. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when you know, during the O.J. Simpson trial, I think he was having a <laughs> he was having a pop. But yeah, he used he to open for um, a long time. Prior. Richard yeah. Pryor. Yeah. There you go. Pryor's been dead since. <laughs> Pryor's been dead since '94. So yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to be trying to buy and blow in the middle of a podcast. I think Dante's currently opening for Robin Williams right now. (laughs) Yeah, man, people, uh, it's the times are changing so fast. And it's like, you know, I struggle with, you know, being a renegade, being myself, but also, you know, I got to see these people like there's consequences for what you do. So you have to you have to learn what you can live with and what is just not worth the headache. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but you know, I was I'm legitimately if I'm being myself and I'm being angry and I'm being in the moment, and I know I think there's a reason for it, then I can I can justify that. You know. So another thing you you said you're not likable. You think you're not likable? I think I'm not likable, man. Or I, maybe you, maybe people in the business don't. I feel like people in the business don't like. Me. How did you How did you surpass that? Well, just with being hilarious, like being like if I I just working on my material and reworking it and reworking it like the act. Ultimately, your act is your currency. I still believe that I still like Jerry Seinfeld said it. You know, it's like your act is what you hang your hat on. Did you see his new special? Jerry's? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was good. It was it was good. His best. Yeah, dope. Definitely, dude. He's doing act outs. He's fucking bro. he's, He's like he's 20 again. Yeah. He's a 55, well, dude, I've, 60 year old guy. I've never liked any of his specials. Same. I've never been a fan of Seinfeld. And the, the, his last one, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, dude, he's, he's really good. He was getting a little dark. Yeah. He's cussing the, the a little whole, bit. The whole the difference between like great and sucks. Yeah. It was like, it's like the same thing. Like, this place is great. You yeah. got to go here. And then they go there and they're like, yeah, it wasn't that great. Yeah, this place sucks. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, right. No, no, no. And he's like rolling around doing act outs. And that's, but he's been doing comedy for four decades. Yeah. Over four decades. So took, it's like. Fucking took him long enough. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. <right. laughs> finally figured it out. Being Jesus. the highest paid comedian for decades. He's finally earning he his. finally got funny. Finally earning his keep. So, you know, that just goes to show How you. How the hell do I know? It's a long business, man. It's just, it's, it sucks because now it's, you can't make that kind of money anymore. You know, because sitcoms don't exist anymore. So you got extremely lucky. Luck and fate have a lot to do with anything, right? What's your take on Andrew Schultz? Love him. Love him. He's a fucking inspiration, man. I try to... uh, I like his stand-up, but I love his business mind and his hustle. And yeah, no, I really respect him. I'm like, that's older brother right there. He doesn't... I don't even know him. Have you met him? No. Yeah, he's... Oh, I said what's up to him, but this was before, like, he blew, but I already knew who he was. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, no, I fuck with him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like him at first. I thought he was very hacky. Well, because he's doing a lot of crowd work, and he's kind of, he is using a lot of times, and he's got to be careful about that, and I'm sure he realizes that, too. He's got to be careful with his kind of racial hack punchlines, you yeah. know? But he is so fucking quick that you kind of, you got to admire that. But Yeah. You know, he, it's just he something he has around. to work on. Yeah. Because sure. I, I thought he was, ha- I, I wrote him off at first. Right. And then yeah. I kept seeing him pop up. And then he, 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 I think he like pioneered the whole like one minute clip subtitles. Totally. For stand ups. Uh, absolutely. That, I started doing that after. And yeah. 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 I try to, I try to me. model my whole fucking 
my whole operation after that. He's even said before, like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm showing all the other comics, like, how to... Right. I'm paving the way for you guys. Right. But ultimately, it's... You, you can only do that once. Like, I mean, there is a... It's like saying Elon Musk is like, I pioneered the way for other entrepreneurs, but nobody's going to do it as good as him. So it's it's going to be something else that breaks the next guy like Schultz, you know? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be something. It's it, It'll be a combination of what he does different right that's what that's what show prediction um shit could be me maybe i don't know could be it's a it's a slim chance but i i've i don't know i think i got something cooking my goal is to be my goal is to be a an internet guy that's also funny so i want to do like these youtube youtube shit like you know how youtubers get huge, huge followings through, oh, yeah. through videos and shit. Then they do I boxing wanted, matches with Floyd Mayweather. Right, right. But those guys usually aren't funny. Not I want to be, I want to do that, but also have a great stand-up act. That's my goal, is to fuse those two worlds. You ever seen Logan Paul's podcast? Yeah, it's god-awful. It is god-awful. He's such a terrible He host. had Schultz on there, and Schultz is like... He's had all of, like... All, Dylan, all, of all those guys. Killers. Yeah, right. And, and they, he just asked the dumbest questions, and he does the thing... Dude, I hate when people... Do <laughs> do you, do you ever do this or no? Yeah. I hate when people end a set a question with or no. It's like talking to a stupid, retarded, drunk bitch Yeah, at obviously the bar. that's the other yeah, potential that's, answer. Like, it either just, is or it isn't. That's yeah. that's physics, guy. It's the like, law of the universe. Existential crisis mid question. Do you forget what existing is? Yeah. So, so sometimes I'm like, dude, if I got to be that stupid to get that many, I just it's not gonna. I'm never gonna be that big. So who knows? Yeah, I feel like that's something me and you got in common that we're just like uh, unapologetically ourselves. But listen, listen, listen. You got a thousand. T- forget about that whole having fifty million followers. You got a thousand super fans. That spend a hundred bucks on you a year. What's that math? So that's a hundred. That's a that's a hundred racks. That's a fucking. That's Bert a, Kreischer said that. They right? all they all took it from Tim Ferriss, who wrote the ah. four four hour work. Week. Okay, but that's that's his. He's like, get your super fans. You yeah. know. Well, I just Sam Tripoli. <laughs> well, I Sam, just uh, lost one last night. Uh, who's that? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about That's that. That's right. You uh, you had a little uh, you had a because little. I might be facing some. You, you had a little black belt moment there. You had a little fucking. <laughs> um, you had a little dojo moment. I was there. acting in self defense. You had a little Cobra Kai moment, and uh, there was a woman in danger, and I was. I had to help him dispose of a body. I don't want to say too much, but there uh, there is a missing police. Re- there is a missing persons report being filed right now. They were missing when I got there. Oh, missing. Oh, okay, dude. This um, I'm such yeah. an alcoholic. This whole time I've been like, I want that pack of white claws in my car. Do you remember what we're doing? Do you know? Do you remember my name? Are you here right now? Dude, I'm pretty sure I'm like in a padded wall with a straitjacket, and I think I'm recording a podcast. Dude, we could be in a simulation. I mean, now we're uh, we're going down the Sam Tripoli, Eddie Bravo rabbit hole. Sam Tripoli, another example of a guy who never really had TV success, but finally, against all odds. He comes up with his conspiracy gimmick, right? My conspiracy is Sam Tripoli does not believe in conspiracies, by the way. <laughs> Whoa! Love you, Sam. Just kidding. So, Another you level. don't know shit! You don't know shit about the sixth dimension! Lizard people! I love Sam, dude. Sam is like, Sam's just the best. But he's making hundreds of thousands a year just, just from his, like, 
niche 75,000 fit follower fan base. So it's like, dude, it's it, it can happen. Yeah, if that's you're a fucking what I'm, killer and you're relentless. What I'm trying to do here. I need to. I need but to. But he's, he's been he's been in the game 20 years. Yeah, I'm only two know? years into the 25 podcast. years. Yeah, so I mean, and this is this is going to reach more people than my stand up ever could at a time. Like, yeah, you performed in a room with like maybe I don't know the most I've ever performed for maybe like a hundred people. So it's a beautiful it's a beautiful time because you can reach thousands of people this way, and then you go on the road and you can sell a couple hundred tickets a market. So it's like, yeah, you know, you just got to break through that that that. It's the tipping point, right? The, another thing I was going to uh, the reason I think you're destined for success, not only because you're hilarious, but you're also business minded, mm. which I find very rare having lived in LA is, is right. having, uh, being good with money, being business minded right. and also being creative. Yeah. I find that most people are one or the other. Right. And Especially in comedy. Both, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. If you have both, that's the jackpot. Yeah, definitely. The fucking definitely. Jackpot. And this, and you too. And, uh, it's probably why we get along so well. But that's what I saw in you, you know, when I when I first saw you there at Fourth Wall. But um, it's it's becoming it's becoming necessary. It's becoming exceedingly necessary. Unless you're an industry darling, right? Unless you're one of these and and white guys, that'll never be us, right? Not until the next cycle, right? Not until not until we white people are slaves and then we get free and then everybody feels bad for us, you know. So well, I'm a Jew. Oh, that's a good point. That's I'm capitalizing that's a, on that right now. Dude, it doesn't seem like it. You got to Jew it up, dude. You got to cut the hair. You got to you got to trim. You do have a Jewish beard. My, you have my, like an Israeli Jew look right now. My new opener that isn't as self deprecating. I, I say that I'm 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 so Jewish that I grew this mullet so I don't have to pay for cleanups in the, every couple oh, weeks. Oh, okay. I'm so Jewish. I, I right. turn Christian because the Bible's free. Right. We got uh, to talk about those jokes. We got to get rid of those. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, unless you're an industry darling that gets everything from just handed to you like some people we know right like they're just they're just pushed by agents and managers from the get-go right that's very rare now like you gotta be you can't just be creative for everybody else you got to be business-minded you got to figure out how you're going to reach people and you or have someone business-minded is going to take advantage of you right correct <clears throat> correct so yeah all right, man. Well, hey, it was great having you. Good talk, dude. We've been—I've been trying to get you on here for fucking months, months and months and months. And I was supposed to do it yesterday, and I yep. fell asleep. That's and, right. Uh, fucked up, and uh, we still did it. Yeah, we got it. We got it done, and then we're—we uh, got a show tonight, and then we're off. Uh, we're we're off, gonna have a good fucking night. We're off boogieing. That. We're off boogieing. Saturday in Austin, hanging out with a couple of good-looking African American men. That always—that always brings women around. You dude, know? that guy's so good looking. Oh Jesus, dreamy. <laughs> Dreamy, like, and he's like six so eight. <laughs> Fuck, and he's proportional. He's not like he's not like a goofy string bean like me. The guy's like well built, and he's shout nice. out to Nate. <laughs> Nate, I've literally showed girls pictures of him. They're like, "Look how good looking this guy is." Yeah, fuck me. Am I gay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just showing him. Yeah, like look how you, you tell me you don't want to fuck me. Look at how good looking this guy is. All right, just think of him. Like and subscribe and share all that shit. Uh, block my number probably. Uh, we'll see you next time.